I think I was quite freaked out when they were babies about the extent to which my freedom and my life was being curtailed, mm-hmm. even though I'd chosen it. And all of a sudden I just burst into tears. Yeah. Because I realised that we'd finally made it. It's such a relief. <laughs> it is. That's exactly, that's the perfect word really, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's a relief. Welcome to Mother Other, a podcast exploring the space between motherhood and our desire for personal development and fulfillment. I am your host, Amy Pearson. This podcast is produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I wish to acknowledge them as the traditional owners. I would also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello, welcome back. Thanks for joining me. Hope you're having an excellent day so far and finding some space for yourself. Life is feeling like it's reaching a sort of new normal again. At the moment, with restrictions easing, I've been able to see some friends and have playdates for my little one this week, which has been really revitalizing and much needed. I've also learned that my boy is a massive cuddler, which I just didn't expect, given we haven't been very social in this past few months of his life. He just seems to want to cuddle every other baby out there, which is adorable to watch, but can be a bit awkward uh, given the circumstances of social distancing. I'm really excited about sharing today's episode because I'm talking with Becky Orpen. If you don't already know who that is, look her up because she creates the most incredibly bold, bright imagery and you will fall in love. More recently, she has been creating these little infographics for both political and environmental activism, which we have on our fridge at home. They say things like water warrior, love our earth, grow your own food, don't lose heart. They're really nice positive reminders to have. Becky is Melbourne-based but internationally recognised and loved. I remember admiring Becky in my teenage years reading Frankie magazine and fawning over her work. So having the chance to chat with Becky about our mutual experience of motherhood was a really joyous experience for me. Becky went back to work four days after her first baby, if you can believe, and she talks about how difficult it can be during that baby fog period, but also how it felt so natural to her because work is where she finds a huge amount of her identity. We chat about the influence that a strong, powerful mother figure can have on our desire for children ourselves and how much the respect for our mums can grow after we do have that experience. We talk about the flexibility that comes from sharing the parenting load with your partner and how that allows us as women to continue to work and create. We talk about how friendships can change when you become a mum and how difficult it can be to maintain friendship as a top priority when you're trying to raise a whole human, work and find space for your partner in the sleep-deprived state that all mothers know too well. Becky talks about how losing a grip on that social aspect of her life really impacted her identity. It can be a truly isolating time and even more so if you have a lack of friends that have been through the same thing themselves. All right. Let's dive in. I hope you have a nice warm drink to sip along the way. Here's Becky on who she is a mother to. I'm mum to Tyke, who is 16 and turning 17 next month, and Ari, who's 12. Tell me about who you were before you became a mum. Um, I 
I see that this is an interesting question because when I had children and I always wanted to have children, but I was really determined to, um, to not let it change me, I guess, mostly in a work perspective and that I was that, you know, my work was a huge part of my identity and that I really didn't want that to change. So I would say I'm still essentially the same person. I'm definitely a lot more patient now, um, which has taken me a long time to learn, um, Mm. via my children um and I'm definitely um wiser I would say um and much more used to routine I was definitely you know I think part of establishing a good work pattern is is establishing a routine but I think the hardest thing I struggled with was once I had children my time wasn't my own anymore it kind of belonged to them and was on their schedules and um so I definitely had to learn how how that was beneficial for me as well, being on their schedules. Yeah. Yeah. And it does sort of become beneficial in a way if you can sort of turn it into a positive, hey. Yeah, definitely for me in terms of my work, the way it taught me to work was was amazing. You know, having to readjust my time so that, you know, I just became so much more of an efficient worker. Mm. Um, And, of course, you know, my priorities changed from perhaps, you know, my partner was my number one priority and then it was work and then it was like my partner and my children and then it became work, you know, but work was still such a huge priority. So it also changed um, my relationships with other people, um, what, what, what was important and what wasn't important within those relationships. And yeah, that was a really huge lesson for me, which was great. For sure. When you say you always wanted kids, so you felt like a sense of maternal desire, I guess, when you were growing up, can you expand on what elements of motherhood particularly were idealized to you? Um, I don't think anything was ever idealized. I definitely knew that it was a lot of hard work. And I think, you know, I had such a great um, role model in my mother. And that that was the main thing that made me want to have children was that I felt like she was such a strong force in my eyes and that to, to be, I think that was the main thing. It's not something I've ever actually thought about, to be yeah, honest, yeah. but it was definitely like, on my list you know some people like I never want to have kids never you know and I definitely have had lots of friends who are like oh it's not not something I ever want to do and then you change but for me it was always something I wanted to do yeah that's so interesting yeah I actually had a question about your mum because I read an interview about you and your mum and how she was a strong feminist in the 70s and that probably Mm. had somewhat of an influence on you as you were growing up and um I wanted to know more about your relationship with your mum and has that changed a Mm. lot since you became a mum yourself Oh, yeah, I think it's um, like I always held her in high regard. But I think once you have children, then your mother becomes super power or something. Do you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden you're just like, oh, my God, I've got this huge new respect for you because you went through all of this. And she went through it when she was young and without the support. I mean, definitely she had the support of her mum and and my dad's mum and, you know, people around her. But it was a whole different Thing, having babies in your early 20s and the 70s like it was just something that you did um you didn't really even think about it and I think um yeah I think once you go through it yourself in in your own situation and you have these thoughts of what it was like for them um not that it was worse or better or anything like that but it's just the fact that they've gone through all this and, and the result of that is you yeah. <laughs> is you know you have a whole different respect your mother and and you know the fact she was so excited (laughs) I remember I was trying to tell her that I was pregnant and she was in a car park and she kept cutting out (laughs) when I was trying to tell her that I was pregnant um but it's just how excited she was I was like oh that's you know it was so cool how excited she was too so 
Um, definitely, you know, our relationships change. You know, she's just turned 70, um, you know, and she's always been such a, you know, especially at the moment when we can't see each other and she's always just been a huge part of my boy's life. Mm. Seeing how incredibly sad she is not to be able to see them yeah. is, is a really never kind of crossed my mind that she would and they're her only grandchildren as well that that um that she would be yeah so sad not to see them yeah. like what a huge their relationship on her too yeah it's such mm. a strange time my family live up in new south wales and my right. boy has just turned one he celebrated his first birthday during oh. covid so it was really strange not having any they were all planning on coming yeah. down and seeing us and they've missed this mm. huge chunk of his life where he's fully blossomed into like a toddler and it's just the weirdest thing changed so much in that time a lot of um this type of thing like zoom chats happening and yeah, I don't really know what he thinks of it all. My mum made us start a family group chat with my two sons and my sister and me. It's so hilarious. My kids are just like, oh, my, just major eye roll like, the whole time. But that, that's her kind of lifeline. Yeah. Um, I'm, both my sons would put it on mute. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what she needs to do to make herself feel better. Yeah, so. that's nice. Yeah. Do you think motherhood gave you a sense of fulfilment in any way? It did, but it's in a really, um, I think you can get a sense of fulfilment in a lot of ways. And I don't, you know, um, my sister chose not to have children and, you know, she's got just as much of a fulfilled life as I do, um, just, you know, obviously in different ways, but definitely um, you can't describe how, what it is to watch a child grow up and something <laughs> that essentially is because of you and to watch to watch them grow up is is just and the things that it teaches you is is just you can't kind of fathom it or put it into words really yeah. so definitely that has been amazing and, and seeing them especially now they're getting older like turn them in turn into their own human being mm. you know um, but I, and I also remember that like when my second son was born Ari that from the minute that he was born he was a completely different person to my oldest son and I was just like that is just so wild <laughs> you know like that produce two completely different human beings um so seeing that evolve is definitely very fulfilling and you know there's a I think there's a point that is um that's not your involvement as well do you know what I mean like they're, they're just they are their own humans and, and that's pretty that's the thing that blows me away yeah the most absolutely mm. I can already see that even like you said with your baby like at a one at one it's just yeah it's wild how much of a human he is and how much of a personality he has already yeah did becoming a mum sort of make you feel like you'd need to put your career and your art on hold straight away is it something you sort of thought about um I I definitely thought about but I never thought about putting it on hold um and I had a crazy situation when Tyke my oldest son was born when I had emailed all my clients and said I'm going to take three months off and um but you know I was also like if you have anything amazing please do contact me but then just you know I think it was a week before Tyke was born and he was already overdue because he was nearly two weeks overdue I was contacted by Burton snowboards to design snowboards for them which was basically at the time my my dream job and so I said yes and so um I basically went back to work four days after Tyke was born wow. was still emailing files while I was in labor and stuff but um you know and it was so hard because you are in that sort of baby fog mm. which is so real um and but they were incredibly nice to me and um and working through it and stuff so they gave me all this 
support and sent me a whole set of Dr. Zeus books and like did all this really lovely stuff, which was great. So I didn't actually get a chance to take any time off. Mm. Um, but it feel quite natural for me. I was working at home, you know, when they're first born, they don't do much. All you have to do is feed and change them and hug them. And I could kind of do all that (laughs) while I was at home and and my partner was, was able to be at home. My mum was around and, you know, so, um, I didn't actually have a, have a break, but it it felt totally natural to me. Like I was, I remember just sitting there being like, well, what else would I do? Yeah, (laughs) Like my right there, it's really easy for me to go back to work. So nice that you had that support because, you know, everyone's experience is so different in postpartum, whether they go back to work when they want to or Absolutely. if they can. But, like, a lot of people don't have people to rely on. Like, um, for example, my family live away. So it was just me and my partner. So it was Mm-mm. I wanted to work really badly, but um, it was really hard mm. to do it straight away because we just didn't have anyone else. So being really frustrating for you, I, I could imagine there was definitely times when, when I wanted to work and I couldn't, and it just, it, that was one of the, the hardest things for me because I love what I do mm. so much. And as I such a big part of my identity. Yeah. So then, you know, definitely working out, okay, I ha- I'm not, I don't dictate when I work anymore. Somebody else dictates that for me. Mm. But yeah, I feel that frustration of, of wanting to be able to work and not being able to, but yeah, definitely, you know, that whole saying, if it takes a village to raise a child, that you just understand that so much. Oh, and, for sure. You know, I grew up in communal living as well. I grew up partly in a commune and, you know, I totally understood why my mum made that choice to do that because, it, you know, you can understand why that, that part of life is so much easier when you have so many people around and, um, it was such a great experience for me to grow up in that environment and, you know, I, I just, you know, I totally understand it. And if I didn't have my husband being flexible with his work at the time and, and we both have always worked for ourselves, so that's been the flexibility is what has allowed me to continue working with the kids and stuff. So yeah. We've always had definitely been a shared parenting thing the whole way that's through. That's really so. cool too, having that sort of equal partner support. Absolutely. How much has motherhood actually impacted your self-identity, do you think? Definitely. I think the biggest thing that in fact it impacted was the um, my relationship to, to my friends. Um, so definitely because I made work a priority. So it was like family, you know, kids, and then work was my priority. So then th- friends had to become my third priority. Um, and I think that was a huge, you know, I was, I'm such a social person and I'm, you know, and even at the time I got pregnant, I was working in clubs, you know, and that was such a huge part of um, my identity was just seeing so many people all the time and just those kind of interactions that you have of just bumping into people that you don't see very often or, you know, those kind of things. And I love that kind of thing. And it made me realise how much I do love it once you don't have it Mm. and you're kind of like, you know, those early days are really, I found it really isolating. Mm. Also, I did have a mother's group that I kind of gelled with and I'm not, even though I'm really social, like I, I still need to have proper connections with people. And I did go to a mother's group, but just being like, there was nothing that I kind of connected with them on. I, I needed more than just having a baby to, to connect with someone. Yeah, I can relate um, to that for sure. Yeah. So I never had this sort of group of mothers that I kind of connected with or anything like that. So I did find it really isolating. And and I was one of the first people to, to um, have, I was, I had maybe three friends who had kids who are older, so maybe like five or six, and then I had nobody else around me was having children or even thinking of having children. So I found that really isolating, the lack of um, connections that I had 
with my friends and that I did prioritise work. Um, so the friendships, I wouldn't say they suffered, but it definitely put into perspective how important they were and, and how I needed to make time. And it took me a few years to actually do that, Yeah. to actually to find the time to, to um, yeah, so that was a big part of my identity that I felt like I lost um, because a lot of my inspiration for a lot of the work that I did also came from my friends yeah. and being out and, and I didn't realise that until it stopped. Then I was just like, oh, where is all that gone? Um, and travel was another thing. You know, travel was, um, we did definitely, like when Tyke was eight weeks old, we went to Japan and we did travel with them. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it was that um, sense of um, spontaneity that was completely gone and that was that kind of really freedom disappears really don't I remember like when we came home from the birthing center and um me like going down like just be I'm like I was pop out for get a coffee I'm like oh my god I can't do that Mm. anymore and that was like the first time I had this realization of like shit this is that's gone it's gone for a really long time and of course I knew that before like I wasn't um I wasn't naive to that fact but when it when you're actually in it it's like a whole different weight I guess of like shit this is this is like for a long time and that that part of my life is now gone so definitely I think there was a, a bit of grief in the in the lack of the loss of social yeah um, it comes and goes activity. doesn't it like well I'm only one year in so it's probably a lot different you looking back in retrospect but mm. yeah it comes in waves for me you know because I'm kind of especially with COVID now because yeah it's so much harder now like even just going to the oh. library having a play I was thinking it might be easier in COVID because I've had a few friends who have had babies during this time I'm like oh what a great time to have a baby mm. like you actually can't go out like you actually are forced into hibernation and um you know there's not the pressures of of wanting to see your friends and stuff because you can't actually do yeah. that. Yeah, it's interesting, that perspective. Um, I think I reckon like the first maybe six months might be easier. I think because mm, I think it's because yeah, he's sort of so active now and he wants to crawl and walk and there's nowhere to mm. go and I just, you know, we can't go anywhere and he sort of gets so mad at me mm. like I'm going insane <laughs> in this house. I'm like, yes, yeah, so am I. I can't. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's super hard and the parks are closed. It's really weird. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you ended up finding other mums at all throughout that period eventually or you just sort of made do with? Not really at all, actually. Not until like 10 years later when my kids were, when Tyke was about 10, we we finally made some friends with kids similar to age. Mm. Oh, no, it was a bit, sorry, it was, it was, when Ari was first born, so Tyke was quite little, so he was four. So then we found some friends who had kids with a similar age to Tyke and, you know, they became best friends. And now in the last sort of five years too, I've got, you know, my, my best friend whose birthday it is today. Happy birthday, Carly. Oh, happy birthday. Um, <laughs> um, it's they've got two kids similar age to us. And so that's she's been, for me, with um, teenagers, she's been a lifeline like mm. just so yeah it has been great and maybe I need her more now than I had when they were little like I think teenagers are so much harder than newborns to be honest yeah. so um, having that now has been amazing so there's so, hope yeah, but but still very rare. for people that may not yeah. have that yet there is hope for sure yeah absolutely and for me but for me it's it is about finding those connections it's not about like I said just the uh just having a baby in common I needed a deeper yeah connection yes definitely for me. Yeah. and you definitely get mm. sick even if you do sort of I think at the beginning I was kind of engaged in that a little bit but then after 
the first few weeks passed by, it was just like, I can't talk about baby stuff anymore. It's just. I know. And I think that was, um, yeah, I do have another really close friend um, who, who's still a great friend and and she has kids now. I remember when she was still really supportive of me when I was, when I had tight, but she was, she was traveling all the time and stuff. She called me um, from the pub one time and said, just come down. I'm like, I just can't do that. Like you don't understand. And then later when she had kids, she was like, oh, I think I was, even though she was a great support to me, she's like, oh, I don't think I was very understanding yeah. and, you know, you can't understand it until until you actually go through it. So That's so she true. Was, she, yeah, and she was she was definitely a huge support to me, even though she wasn't, um, didn't have children. Hello there. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I'm interrupting you to bring you our first ever ad. Do you need a new website? Nikki from Seedling Digital builds beautiful brands with meaning custom WordPress websites and strategic marketing plans for small and medium-sized businesses who are ready to make big growth. She describes her work as a minimalist blend of creative and professional and has a passion for working with women-led businesses. I recently hired Nikki to build a custom WordPress website for Mother Other. With a background in design myself, I had high expectation and a pretty particular vision in mind. Nikki made the process really easy for me and saved me so much time including building in review software for the podcast and thinking through ways to build income through the website. She enabled me through education and training at Handover and was open to changes to nail my vision. I am so impressed with the overall design. For all of your custom branding and website building needs, get in touch with Nikki at seedlingdigital.com.au. Now back to the podcast. So I'm forever kind of interested in this which is kind of what the podcast is coming back to and it's this existential dilemma of balancing our our creative lives or our vocations with kids and how mm. how we prioritize between the two like you mentioned a few times before. So what how did that work out for you in the beginning? Like how did you manage to like you said take on this new project and have this new baby and see mm. your partner and obviously the friendships weren't really something that was prioritized at the time. Yeah. It was, um, I definitely remember those early days of the boys growing up, I would say maybe the first eight years because there's four years between them. So by the time Ari was born, like Tyke was going to um, daycare and, you know, then soon after primary school. So, but then we went through with Ari and, you know, so I'd say the first eight years until Ari was sort of properly in in daycare and kinder and stuff like that was just I remember that as the hardest time for me um because my career essentially didn't slow down that much um it definitely did slow down a bit um it was it was so hard and and if I look back on it now I'm just like I cannot believe how I did it and I did it um by really only sleeping five hours a night or six hours a night you know for me is um I know I'm capable of doing that and I don't suggest you do it, but, but it was, it was really, really hard to find that balance. And, and especially I was working at home and um, yeah, I just, I just, the amount that I sacrificed to keep my career going mm. was, was actually in ref, on reflection, like a lot of, for, for myself, like the personal toll that it took, but you know, it was, I would say it was worth it. Yeah. Cause it's who you are, you know? Yeah. There is no balance and I, and you know, there was no balance and especially I don't kind of separate my work and my life. And, you know, I was working from home and that's how I got it done. I was working at nights and I was just working when, when the boys were sleeping. And as I said, I barely saw my friends, you know, mm. that, that was, 
there, there wasn't a balance. <laughs> that's, that's, I just did what I had to do to kind of get through. Um, but I was in it. When you're in it, you don't realise how hard it is. Yeah. Um, I definitely remember moments of like the boys being sick and like them not being able to go to daycare and what, what a big drama that would be for me of not being able to get work done and um, things like that. You know, I definitely remember that. But when I was in it, I thought it was hard. But, yeah, I, I don't think... I don't think there was a balance. I think there was just a lot of work yeah. and a lot of sacrifice. Yeah, for sure. And, um, and that's that's the only thing that got me through. And determination and the fact that I loved what I do so much that it was worth it. Yeah. Um, to try and keep both of them going. Um, not sacrificing one for the other. Of course, my children were always a priority and will always remain a priority. And if it did come down to it, they would be what I would choose. But um, yeah, there, it was it was it was a that's just what it was. It was just a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work. Yeah. I should probably replace <laughs> like the word balance with like manage or something because mm, it makes more sense. But I think the other thing is like, you know, when, the one thing that you crave when you do become a mum is, is that, oh, that time to yourself. Yeah. And to me that was, was the time to myself. Yeah. Like that was the time when I was like, oh, this is me being really happy. This is me creating and doing what I do and and so to me that that was the time to myself yeah. essentially. That's how I feel as well and mm. I think a lot of people and that's what I'm so interested in, like the mums that mm. sort of they don't just take their spare time to rest and relax and clean the house. No. They take their spare time to like what? stimulate their brain yeah. or whatever so, it is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was, you know, if the list was kids, work, friends, cleaning was number oh, four. Oh, sure. absolutely. It's like number 12 for <laughs> yeah. me. It's so low down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely for me too, actually. So, yeah, I think that was the big thing to remember was was that, that that was the time to myself and that was the thing that made me happy was outside of, you know, having kids and, and the slog and all that was when I actually was able to do what I do. Like it was it was so, it gave me so much satisfaction and, mm. and a sense of identity and all that kind of stuff. So that's why it was so important to me for my mental health to keep that going because. Yeah. Um, and that's why I worked so hard to to make sure that there was a balance of, of everything you know yeah for sure balance again wrong word but um, I know what you but, mean but, I need but, to find a way to replace that word but yes yeah. I, I do get what you're saying it's yeah. interesting because you've just released over the past year or so two children's books which um my kid just freaking loves like oh he's, that's so nice he's a massive book nerd like he loves books already which mm. I love because I'm a massive reader Dude. but um mm. he specifically loved yours I think it's just they're so um iconic the little characters in there and they're so bold and eye-grabbing and he just really is drawn to them um but I was going to ask you if it's sort of do you think becoming a mum inspired this is this something that you always wanted to do regardless of having kids make yeah. children's books children, yes children's books was the number one thing that I wanted to do um and that came from my own childhood and my mum also being an avid reader and, and definitely introducing us to all kinds of crazy books when we were young and, and how that was such a big part of my life and the illustrations in those books were such a big part of my life. So um, definitely finding um, the, definitely finding, you know, that was my first inspiration was the illustrations in the book and, and wanting to make um, books like that. So yeah, it was something I always wanted to do, but actually I, I did actually make a children's book before this, before those two um, with Penguin, which um, was a great book and it, it turned out, but it was one of those things where I had, because it was something that I always wanted to do and, and they gave me like free range of like, you can do whatever you want. And then I had this major like option paralysis 
And I don't feel like that book was anywhere as near as successful as the books that you're talking about with Hachette. Okay. Um, I haven't heard of it. I need to look into mm, it. called Find Me a Castle. It's sort of older. The books that I always loved growing up and still love is things like Miffy and sort of those kind of early learning books. So then this, this is when I got to do those kind of early learning books. So, um, you know, I love all those kind of really simple, really bold, um, minimal words kind of things. So definitely when I got to do that, that was like, oh, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah, very cool. It's like those um, political little sticker things that you've been making as well. They're really cool mm. too. We have them on our fridge at the moment. Oh, that's cute. There's actually, um, that's actually been turned into a book as well. Oh, very cool. Very <laughs> Yeah, cool. it's already come out. Yeah, that was with Hachette too. Oh, so, great. Yeah. I need to get a hold of that for yeah. sure. And something else I was interested in knowing was what the daily rituals are that you've sort of been taking on at the moment during COVID to stay level-headed. Mm. Is it different from what it was like? Have you taken on any sort of new? It was sort of weird for us because, um, you know, when we first went into isolation or, you know, lockdown or whatever, we, I'd already decided we were going to do it anyway. So I, one of my kids, I kind of left it up to my kids if they wanted to stay home from school when the debate was sort of starting. Um, and so one's in year seven and one's in year 11. And the year seven sort of the first few days said, yeah, I want to be at home. And then after a few days, he was like, well, I don't want to be at home. And the, the older one, he kept going. Um, but then after that, we went into holidays. And then because Victoria bought the holidays earlier, we actually had three weeks of holidays. So I actually found that really hard. Um, because I was a bit manic yep. <laughs> and just starting to work at home and the boys were at home. Um, and whereas they usually sort of, especially the older one, he's so independent. He's usually out doing stuff with his friends stuff. And he was just home all the time. And, you know, I was trying to like plant a veggie garden and do all these kind of like prepper things. <laughs> um, so the first three weeks were just really, I found it really hard and really, um, cause we had no routine in mm. the, you know, which is, kind of what I enjoy when we have school holidays but when we were like you know I was just such a weird everyone's flailing yeah and I was quite manic trying to say like yeah. everything's great all this work and I'm still like cooking and I'm still like da, 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 da. so um on reflection yeah I was quite manic and I found it quite hard and some days I'd just be like oh my god what the hell am I doing yeah. <laughs> but since the boys have gone back to school even though they're doing remote schooling it's been way easier and that's because we've had the routine they have to start school at 8 30 they have to um so I think having those that routine for us for me has been essential and also mm. kind of giving myself over to it just being like you know so I've been doing weird things where I wake up at six and work from six till eight while the boys are still asleep then know that I've got a certain time and then you know but even while I'm working at home I can only kind of get half a day's work done so yeah it'd be nice to also know you've done something for the morning for the rest of yeah, the day like you right, don't feel right. yeah yeah, so, I mean, essentially um, that having a routine has been really good for us um, and talking about things we can do when it ends, when it's kind of over, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like not even hopeful things. Yeah, we went to be in America at the moment and even with the boys, like, oh, you know, maybe we can go skiing, like maybe these are things that we'll be able to do, you know, like maybe we can, you know, talking about stuff like that. And it's Tyke's birthday, like at the end of May, end of this month, so I'm like, oh, maybe we'll still be able to maybe by then you'll be able to have a friend over or, you know, so yeah. doing things like that. But it's, but it's been really nice. I've really loved being at home with the boys so much. Like I feel like we've, it's been really great. And especially with teenagers who are just kind of out doing their own thing to have them. It's like forced bonding almost. Yeah. It's been amazing. And it's been amazing for the two boys and it's been, you know, there's definitely parts of it that I really loved and, um, 
you know, I have actually said to a few people, I've been through isolation before when I had both my kids. Like I was locked in the house then. That's how I, it's funny because when it all started, I it was like, all these people are complaining and this yeah, is my like, this yeah. is my life normally. Like I feel like, oh, you all get yeah. it now. You get what it's like to be alone and like struggling. Yeah, totally. But I, I mean, I, I can actually go to my studio. So there's some days I do. So Raph, my partner and I kind of alternate. He goes most days because he's been a part of his business is still running. Yep. But some days if I'll be like, oh, I really need to get, I really love a lot of work done. Then I'll go and he'll stay at home and, yeah. you know, essentially they could be at home by themselves and that would be fine. But I, I definitely choose. I, and the days that I'm at my studio, I'm like, oh, I wish I was at home. Yeah. It's really, really nice to have them and work out, have lunch together and just chat to them through the day and kind of I feel like I definitely know um, much more about what they're actually doing at school and mm. all that kind of. So, yeah, super yeah. engaged. Hey, So I have one more question for you and it's, kind of a bit of a convoluted one, but I'm interested in what success looks like to you and mm. how much of that has changed since you did become a mum. Success to me is, what's the right word? It's not admiration, but if, but I guess admiration from your peers, like people sort of um, holding value in what you do. And, you know, the fact that I can... Um, well, definitely, you know, I guess there's two parts. There's the commercial aspect to it. So being able to support my family and what I do I, is is great. And I feel like that is a success on some level. And, and you know, I will take jobs on to do that that will never see, be on my Instagram, that will never be, um, you know, really commercial jobs that are just an essential part of my bread and butter. And I feel like that that to me is as successful as, as doing something that will be, I'll tout on Instagram and that yeah. I'll put it out there in the world. So there's one part of that. So I think the commercial viability that I can fluctuate my business and what I do to, to do that. Mm. Um, and I think yeah, just um, that that people would ask me to speak, that you would ask me to be on this podcast, that, you know, that, that people are actually interested in my opinion and um, that to me is is really flattering and, and I guess some form of success that I get to actually get to share my ideas and um, talk about what I've learned and that, that to me is yeah, definitely a yeah, huge, uh, I'm so flattered anytime anyone asks me that or, you know, that, that to me is definitely success more than, more than anything mm. commercial or, um, or, you know, money-based. Yeah. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. And it's nice to hear that coming from someone who I'm sure uh, me, like most other people only see the really, really cool, amazing stuff that you're doing, but it's interesting to know yeah, that no, there are things I behind always, the scenes like, there's so many, there's so much, you know, I would say at least 50% of my work would never, yeah, I would never, um, but that's, that's how I run a successful business yeah. and doing those just because I don't put them on my Instagram or anything. The reason I don't is because you, you wouldn't recognize it as my work or you wouldn't, you know, less and less as, as my career develops is, mm. is those jobs. It's still such an important part of what I do. And, and I would, they, they bear equal importance as, as the things that I do create for myself or, you know, because, um, yeah, that's, that's being commercially viable, um, which I've chosen to do. And that's why I always say that I'm a designer as opposed to an artist, because I prefer to do things for other people as opposed to, um, you know, make work for Well, that's an interesting way to define it, actually. Wow. I'd never even considered that as a, an yeah, explanation. Somebody, somebody, I think my husband, Raf was like, oh, I think this is because we always debate because a lot of people call me an art and artist and I always say, please don't call me an artist because um, what I do is commercial and it has a really commercial context. Wow. And Raph, yeah, Raph like recently was like, I think it's because you love making work for other people as opposed to making work for yourself. Mm. And that's, that's what 
you know, the commercialness of it. I actually do have one more question that I'm going to ask you. I hope that's okay. Yeah. What would you say motherhood has given you? That's so hard. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, sorry, I always give the hard one right at the end. Yeah, motherhood. What has it given me? You know, this intense, well, you can't describe the love mm. for one thing. Like the, the love that you feel is is just, and the, and the emotion that is associated with being a mother is is just it's out of this world, you know, mm. and I'm sure you can get it other ways. Um, but I don't, you know, because I've experienced this way of, of being a mother, then that's, that's how I would describe it. And I think, you know, this is such a cliche, but I've just, I've just learned so much from being a mother and, and as, you know, as who I am as a person and, and, and that my children, like, especially now they're getting older, like they just teach me stuff all the time. They're so much cooler than me <laughs> and they're so much, you know, um, and I think that's, that's just such a, a big part of, you know, bringing two completely different individuals into the world and, you know, that you had a, a small part in, you had a big part of making them, but then in the end they just end up their own people and um, seeing that, seeing that is just kind of mind-blowing. Mm, so totally. I don't know if that's no, the that's question. No, that's perfect. That's, you know, it's definitely, um, that, that's definitely a, the, the biggest joy, I would say, like, seeing these two completely different people come out into the world yeah 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 I love 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 hearing about it it's amazing um thank <laughs> you so much for taking time out of your day especially on a weekend we had great questions I love I oh love thank you I'm glad and I always say my alternative career would be a midwife because I've just oh really oh I love that yeah but um because Raph's like oh god anytime he finds out that someone's pregnant he's like oh god like can you stop talking to them about it <laughs> I really loved it. I had a really amazing midwife and um, she was like super inspiring to me. So I was like, yeah. That's really, really nice that you had that experience. Mm. Okay. Thank you so much again. Um, you have a great weekend and I'll be in touch with you very soon. Great. Thanks so much. Bye, Becky. Bye. And that's a wrap. As always, thank you endlessly for listening to today's conversation. I am so thankful to have you here joining me on this trajectory through mother and otherhood. If you love the show, please do go ahead and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And if you could spare a minute, rating or reviewing the podcast goes a long way to helping this show reach more ears and provide solidarity to other mothers out there who may need a little affirmation or even entertainment in their lives. See you next time.